welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners. This is Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, Episode 119, Mary the Paralegal. Hey, Jen. Hey, Steve. So many things. <laughs> this was such a good episode. It was a good episode. I have lots of news. I have lists, rankings. Wow. Uh, factoids. It's just going to be a jam-packed episode. Okay. Mary the Paralegal, I like this. It's one of my higher-ups for episode one. I have a rank number 89. That's a good episode. IMDb has it at 8.8, which is higher than we usually see from IMDb. I don't know. I would still say I think I would have guessed this would be a little bit higher than 89. Hmm. There weren't a lot of downsides to this episode. No, it was really good, but... Very solid. That's a good segue, because last week we spoke about how excited I was for season two, and so I couldn't help myself. I went ahead and ranked the seasons. Okay. And I, I bring that up right now because, yes, Mary the Paralegal is good, but then you forget how much better things there are out there. <laughs> so, last week I was pontificating about how great season two is going to be. I listed like how many great episodes there are in it. However... It only comes in fourth in my rankings. Really? Yeah. So rankings go like this. Uh, The best is season four, then five, then three. Now, I will say season four, five, and three are all like neck and neck. So once we get past season two, it's going to be just a love fest for the next three seasons. Yay. After that, our fourth best season is season two. And then a distant fifth is season six which is just slightly better than season one. And then we have a drastic, a drastic fall off for seven, eight, and nine. So the way I ranked it was I didn't want to have to go through every episode count. <laughs> right. I, I didn't want to keep track of, I, I'm not so sure, I, I didn't double check this, but whether or not all seasons had the same amount of episodes. Probably. They probably do, but I didn't even bother to check. I, I didn't want to go through the whole, all 198 episodes or whatever there are and just kind of total up each season. I figured I'll just do the top 100 and the point totals I created to make the original rankings are well add up. And then whichever season comes out ahead and has the most points will, you know, create the ranking. This is a very complex system. Now, is there standard deviations and regression analysis involved? No. (laughs) That would have taken a lot longer. But that being said... Season two is going to be amazing, but then three, four, and five are just going to knock our socks off. But the other piece was that season nine didn't have a single episode in the top 100. Ouch. Poor season nine. In fact, it barely had anything in the top 130. It really falls off. The one episode that did half decently was uh, the Blauman one, where it's mm-hmm. everyone's saying whether they love or hate Blauman. <laughs> but that's mostly because Billy Zapka, we learned he's a poet. Okay. Remember, he loves Blauman because Blauman, he's Blauman's favorite poet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Forgot about that. I was also looking at, you know, I'm getting these news updates now, and I wanted to sort of recognize some or announce some of the other shows that the cast members are on now. Okay. Uh, Josh Radner, he's now on, he's in a show, I think it's going to be on Netflix or no, Amazon, that's coming out called Hunters. Yeah, I saw a preview for that. It looked decent. Yeah, it's with Al Pacino, so that automatically sort of gives like, yeah, it some cachet. There was more famous people. Like, I think there was a pretty good cast. And from what I, I think from the, the producer is 
uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, I think Jordan Peele. Yeah, that sounds. Was right. producing it. Let me look. I remember watching that preview and being like, "Wow, there's a lot of people in there." It's got a pretty interesting premise of. Um, Maybe not soldiers. I'm not sure what they are, but they're hunting down Nazis that are hiding out in Argentina. Yeah. Is it, is it based in the 70s, or does Josh Radner just have 70s facial hair? Well, if it's based off a true story, then I'm sure it's based in you know 60s or 70s as to when it might have happened. Uh, we have Kobe Smolders on Stumptown, which I have on my list to watch, so I haven't started the episodes yet, but... It's coming soon once I can clear out some of my my remaining Ray Donovans and Get Shorties. Both good shows. And Jason Siegel's got a show coming out called Dispatches from Elsewhere, where it's him and Sally Field. I don't know anything else about it. Hmm. Okay. I've already mentioned that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be a Matrix 4. I don't know if he's anything else right now. I thought I kept hearing something about Allison Hannigan being in a some sort of baking show. That does not sound familiar to me. Yeah, well, it wasn't an IMDb either, so maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> well, here's another fun little factoid. The person, I read an article that somebody else, well-known at the time, was going to be, or was offered the role of Robin and turned it down for another show. And that person was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Can you picture her as Robin? Yeah, I could definitely see Me that. Me too. I, I think she would have been great. She has good comedic timing. But I'm kind of glad she didn't because it made room for Kobe Smolders to become yeah. a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's get on to the episode. We both loved it. That's clear. We start off at McLaren's with the notification that this is three months earlier. And Ted is pontificating about Victoria, boring his uninterested friends about how great she is. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm sure we've all been there. Or I'm sure we've all been the friend and been the person, you know, going on and on about the person that they're into, and nobody else really cares. Not me. How dare you? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. You didn't bore your friends with how much you loved me? <laughs> Still do. <laughs> they're like, God, Steve, I get it. It's been 13 years. Robin breaks in to announce that her story, her news story, Pickles the Singing Dog, <laughs> got nominated for a local area media award, uh, a LEMA. No, we prefer a local area media award. And she invites the gang to the event. They don't, they're not really excited about this, but then she mentions it's open bar. And Ted's, you know, being a little obnoxious. So I'm going to need to, you know, put me down for two. Victoria will definitely be there. <laughs> She's going to be around a long time. This is really a precursor to Barney's breaking in and the trilogy episode in season like seven. <laughs> right. Of this is Clarice. So they had a, clean, a lot more woman. of Clarice, <laughs> and they never saw her again. But I just, I, I don't know, just the first little tidbit of this episode that I really like, like just, <laughs> just the genius of naming it a local area media award for just to create lema. Well, not even that, but just to. To emphasize how unimportant this really is. Now, I wonder how local are we? Are we just talking about New York City? Because that's not, I mean, that's a big media center. Right, but if it was something kind of, I mean, you would think anything New York City would have in New York City in the name. So the fact that it's quote unquote local area. Hmm. I wonder what those areas would be that make this so tiny. 
but I, I'm still holding to my theory that that just means that this is really an unimportant award to go along with Robin's oh, unimportant of work. Of course it's unimportant. <laughs> it's about Pickles the singing dog. <laughs> but yeah, if we jump down like to when they're actually announcing the other people up for nomination, like they actually sound a little bit serious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the t- I watched the TV version. I know you watched the Hulu version. The TV mm-hmm. version kind of cuts in when they're on the one before. Yeah, I think there was maybe only two. I can't remember exactly the first one, but the second one was like, 13, pregnant, and addicted. I was like, how is this in the same category as Pickles the Singing Dog? You know, me and my fellow idiots are are sick of these sad news stories (laughs) and enjoy the kind of tune that someone like Robin sings every day. Or Pickles Pickles sings. sings. Yeah, even better. (laughs) Well, they cut. He says she's going to be around for a long time. Marshall. They then they do a cut to current day. Marshall says, "I'm going to miss Victoria." Yeah, and apparently this is two hours before the, the actual, Yeah, the awards banquet. Mm-hmm. And Ted's debating if he should just skip it. You know, Robin's not returning his calls. They haven't spoken in weeks. Barney suggests that he brings someone hotter with bigger boobs, and then he mentions, you know, that's three things you should do, and. Ted says that's, or for, he says, first of all, second of all, and then that's three things. Ted says, you know, that's two things. No, three things. Count them up. That was an, an unenjoyable joke. Yeah. Okay. I think I probably laughed at it when I first heard it, sadly, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. This show, like, sort of has a, a swift rise in hilarity, I yes. think. Ted says he can't find a date in two hours, and Barney suggests using an escort. And Ted, they kind of jump to, you know, there are, I'm sure, escorts that are legitimate escorts and not prostitutes, but they jump right into the prostitute thing, which Ted thinks is gross. And Barney goes on a nice tangent about why that's okay, and it's the world's oldest profession, and... (laughs) Uses an example that even in the oldest of times, fishermen were sleeping with prostitutes. Yes. Although he says it more poetically. Right. Yeah. Somebody would offer a fish in exchange for sexual favors, and then Marshall points out that the oldest profession is fishermen, and we get our very first lawyered. Lawyered. And a lot of it. Yes. I'm so excited. It made me happy. And then (laughs) Barney tries to... um, make up a fact that one out of eight adult women are hookers, and then Marshall again, you made that up. <laughs> like, Barney's withdrawn. He surrenders every time. <laughs> yeah. and lawyered. And lawyered again. Before that, Barney calls Ted a hayseed, and he kind of says it in the same way he delivers the line to Lily in a, f- a few episodes ago, you know, oh, it's when like when he says, men are working here to Lily. And right. So here, very have a pin, yeah, here, have a pin cushion, Marshall. Right. <laughs> he does, yeah, exactly, these dismissive remarks to his friends. Well, and I feel like I have to insert my feminism here and point out that we don't call it prostitution, it's sex work, but yeah, for the sake of the episode. How's that better? Prostitution has a negative connotation. Sex work's positive? Sex work is more positive. There are people there there are people that are in it because they have no other choice or they're being forced into it, that's definitely a thing. But there is also a lot of people that this is their legitimate career. They're happy doing this kind of work. Okay. I don't know. I think we need a rebranding. 
But that it, is the rebranding. But a prostitute, I don't know. I don't know if this is such a huge leap. Anyway, so I'm just going to put out so, my little caveat there, but because the episode refers to prostitution and hookers, we'll just use the, words the they quotes, use. and I won't get too far on my Apple box today. I know. And for everyone out there, we do love, this podcast loves hookers and prostitutes <laughs> and sex workers, no matter what you call them. They're people too, Jen. Jeez. Okay. It's been 57 days, we hear, since Ted got any. <laughs> and I love how Barney asks to borrow Ted's water and then does a, a late spit take <laughs> on it. It's very good. I've actually done that a few times. <laughs> Although I'll, I'll ask people to say what they said again as so, I, I take a sip of water and then do a spit take. It's a very obnoxious thing to do since you're actually like spitting near people. Yeah, it doesn't come off as clean as it looks on the show there. <laughs> Barney says that the person he's speaking of lives in his building. Mary, her name is. And he doesn't appreciate the way they're acting towards prostitutes or sex workers and plays a racism card and then stomps off and says good day, but then he waits. <laughs> you can see him just kind of like sitting there, like waiting, waiting, waiting. Just dying to say the additional <laughs> line. Um, and then as Ted's pointing out that he's only standing there so that someone... I said I, good day. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do that one a lot, too. You do that one a yeah. lot, yes. But it's so good. <laughs> it's so good every time. So I It mean, works really well in that 30 Rock with Donnie. <laughs> no, you I, didn't. I said good day. No, you didn't. Well, I, I meant, meant to. to. <laughs> oh, this is such a good episode. It's got so many iconic things showing up for the first <laughs> time. All right, we're at Ted Marshall Lily's apartment, and Robin and Lily, Robin and Lily are there before the show go, before going to the show. And I'm a little surprised Robin is at the apartments and she's trying to avoid Ted, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I thought about that. Maybe she there was a guarantee that he was not going to be there. Yeah, maybe she didn't want to get ready at her faraway Brooklyn apartment. Yeah, and Lil is uh, expressing how exhausted she is at work. The board, the board of education or school board took away nap time for her kids. It's just revealed that she naps with them. <laughs> right. And so we can relate to something that's coming up here saying there are only five what could they do <laughs> and well our son uh, he's six his, <laughs> he has snuck onto his teacher's computer several times when her back is turned she's tried to start doing the practice of locking the screen so he goes up when she's not looking and he logs her her account off and then re-signs in so he can use it while she's not looking he sneaks under tables to get to it I mean, yeah. if if Lily had a Tyler in her class. <laughs> she definitely wouldn't name any of her children Tyler. She wouldn't nap either. She definitely would not nap. Um, yeah, so five- and six-year-olds definitely can give their kindergarten teachers a run for their money. Um, if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, Miss Fox, we are sorry. <laughs> Hopefully you have an easier class next year. Robin wants to know if Ted's still coming. <clears throat> she mentioned she's bringing a date. She's going to bring Sandy Rivers. And Lily accuses her of trying to make Ted jealous. She denies it, but we find out later that's more or less true. Yeah, so I think Lily kind of, you know, gives her the okay. Like, no, it's fine, it's fine. And then she immediately calls Marshall and tells him. And he agrees, yeah, it's going to be super weird. And tells Ted, who... I assume we're going to go ahead and talk about Mary, about what she actually does. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're not there yet. 
No, no, no. My point is, it's a reveal. Oh. But yeah. I don't think we can... Av- it's not as fun to talk about it if we don't just reveal it up front. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll keep going, and when she gets introduced, we'll... Actually, this is it. <laughs> uh, Marshall says that would be weird, and Barney pops up and says, No, it won't. Mary, have you met Ted? Yep. So we get a good have you met Ted uh, timing on this, and go ahead. I was going to say, and Mary is gorgeous. Sidebar between Ted and Barney, uh, he's, you know, Ted wants to talk about how she's a hooker, or verify that she's a hooker, and Barney, you know, but he also adds on that she's a really hot hooker, as you just said. Right. And I like Barney's, um, (laughs) I don't remember the exact context, but he calls him. Her mentions uh, professional fornicators, which I thought is good. <laughs> is that better than sex worker? I mean, it's fancier. We can go ahead and start talking about the fact that Mary is not, in actuality, a sex worker. She is a paralegal. paralegal, as the title says, but we don't find that out till much later. So it's much better to talk about these jokes right? Yeah. As, as us now knowing what she really is and kind of how it was just fortuitous for Barney that... She didn't say anything that revealed that she's not a sex worker. Right. And she even did Leans say into some it things unknowingly. that, yeah, that, you know, could Come make off it as seem. really hookery. <laughs> Robin walks in with Sandy Rivers. And now we see our first telepathic conversation yes. occur. This time between Marshall and Ted about how they hate this guy, Sandy Rivers. And then we get a little well, backstory. they actually like him. Yeah. Well, they did until... Until tonight. Yeah. And I don't know that they like him. They well, like they making like fun, fun of him. Yeah. They, they find him ridiculous. Yeah. Ted calls it a guilty pleasure that they you know, would watch Sandy. Yeah. So we get flashbacks of them watching him on TV. <laughs> apparently every morning he reads from the newspaper, which is really, really poor journalism. And apparently this is based on a real New York reporter from channel, I guess, New York One. I'm not sure if that's a, I assume that's a TV channel. Yeah, I read that, too, and I looked the guy up real quick, because I was like, is this, like, a really old guy that's, like, not on the air anymore? But now he's, like, um, I think maybe in his 50s, and I guess still does this. Wow. (laughs) So So they um, watch him on TV, and then they put, like, little cut-out costumes on his head to make him look like Yosemite Sam and others. Yeah, so actually, if we have any listeners in New York that can expand on if this guy actually still does this, I'd actually be really interested to know. Yeah, after he gets made fun of it on a TV show, he has to know about it. Right. Lily shows up. She meets Mary. This is still at McLaren's in the booth. And Marshall's instantly paranoid about the fact that she is a sex worker and some, I guess, worried about Lily finding out. I'm not quite sure how why Marshall's playing it this way or why they, they're having Marshall play it this way. Because Marshall has no chill ever. And so it's just funny to see him kind of freak out about something that really has nothing to do with him whatsoever. It's still it's a little bit of an off note, but it doesn't really bother me that much. It's quick. Robin introduces Ted to Sandy Rivers. Well, no, just to Sandy. <laughs> yeah, to Sandy. And Sandy wants her to use his full name, Sandy Rivers. People get a kick out of it. <laughs> I, you know, I love this guy. He's so full of himself and... So unself-aware. <laughs> uh, Robin and Sandy Rivers are acting kind of smug mm-hmm. around Ted about their date, how they're starting rumors at work. I can't... I, I, I don't understand her 
going to this thing with him. It has to be purely to hurt Ted. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. Because this guy is so completely unlikable, especially to someone like Robin. There's just no way Robin could like this person. Well, and Robin's maintained across the board. She doesn't date coworkers, so I think this was just a setup. And potentially she knows that, you know, Ted and Marshall have this little thing that they, you know, they like to watch him in the morning and they think it's really funny, so. I Although know. I guess maybe that's. No, that would work <laughs> that against, goes against her. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But yeah, she's trying to make him jealous and I think Ted one-ups her. Yeah, Ted responds by introducing Mary. Very obnoxiously. My date. Or my date. When he hasn't said a word to her yet. Right. <laughs> and she looks kind of happy, like, oh, all right. Yeah, she seems to really be into Ted. Yeah, she does. We'll get more into that later. We get to the awards show. We have the host of the awards showing show being uh, Vampire, Vampire Lou, Lou. <laughs> who's host of the after Saturday afternoon Kung Fu movies. Now, you probably don't know anything about this, but when my dad would take us on Saturdays back to his house uh, when we were kids, because my parents were, were uh, divorced when I was three, so my dad would take us on Saturdays. And every Saturday afternoon, we would watch kung fu movies on TV. It was like on network <laughs> TV. They'd show like three back to back. Did a vampire introduce them? No, but there was always like a vampire on like the local sh- TV show, uh, the local TV network, introducing like late night movies. Really? Yeah. Scary movies? In the DC. Yeah. Oh. Well, no, I don't know if they're necessarily even scary. I'd have to, but I just remember there being like a vampire character that would be the host of like night shows. I don't think he ever did the midday show, the midday movies. Interesting. So this is a real kind of character. They must have had him in different, you know, parts of the country, a different, you know, yeah. person playing them. I do not recall a vampire introducing This, this was a very 80s thing. This was not into the 90s. This was all 80s. Now, of course, we're watching a show that's taking place in the 2000s, so this is maybe just sort of a, a remnant from the writer's, you know, experience of history as kids. But right. th- these things were really, you know, very stamped in my memory. A vampire guy introducing movies on TV, on network TV, and then kung fu movies on Saturday night, Saturday afternoons were huge. And I think Lily's speaking for me here. Where like, why is a vampire introducing kung fu movies? None of this makes any sense. We're not there yet. We're not, but we're mostly there. Uh, the guys are discussing whether or not the girls in the bathroom are a threat to them uncovering what Mary does or what they think she does. Lily gets back. She borrowed her lipstick, which really freaks, which really freaks Marshall out. <laughs> right. Which I'm going to say it's a little gross to share lipstick anyway. This is where Lily expresses how upset she is about the vampire Lou and the Kung right. Fu movies. But it turns out, you know, she explains that she's just grumpy and, the whole school situation. Barney suggests that she quits working for a private quits working for oh, the school they and works for a private school. Or did you skip the part? Um, Sandy says something to her and she like mimics him back. Did you get that? I did get that. Okay, yeah, so, which is our only interaction I think ever between right, but Lily I just, and Sandy Rivers. Yeah, I really like that the husband and wife yeah. in real life. Yeah, because I'm sure you know the first time I saw it, I didn't know that they were married. So I think it's, looking at it now, I think it's really funny to you know kind of see her. Interacting with him like that. He was apparently also on Buffy and Angel, like she was. Interesting. And so Barney goes into this uh, 
suggestive suggestion mode with Lily that she quits working for the school and goes to work for a private school. There's no school board and a ton more money, which I don't think is true. I think uh, private school teachers actually make less than public school teachers. It probably depends what kind of private school. If you get one of these $40,000 a year tuition schools, I'm sure they make a lot of money. Maybe, I've, but I've always heard that, uh, that in general they make less. They don't have unions and such, so it's not as easy to get raises. Yeah, I have no idea. So if you're a teacher, let us know. Lily says she doesn't make decisions because of money. If she did, what would that make her? And Mary butts in and goes, a prostitute. <laughs> it's very jarring coming from Mary, right. who we think is a prostitute at this point. Just yeah, the beginning of the show works. So many good this show works just as well, knowing and not knowing that she's right. really a paralegal, and it's almost funnier knowing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she's like, ah, how many comments can somebody make that can be interpreted like this? <laughs> Robin asks Mary what she does, and Barney comes in real frantically. She's a paralegal, like he's making it up yep. on the spot. I love Barney here. And Mary, you know, Robin asks for, like, follow-up questions. I go, well, what does that entail? And Mary tells her what a paralegal does. Yeah, but every time she answers, it's very tentative. Like, she doesn't sound confident in what she's saying, which makes you think, if you think she's a a sex worker, that she is kind of making this up as she goes. Oh, I didn't get that impression. Oh, I did. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought it looked like she's telling what she does because that's what she does I didn't sense any hesitation there that's interesting you, you sense wrong apparently <laughs> and I like the you know <laughs> when she says where she works Marshall's like that's a real law firm because I know he goes nice <laughs> yeah that was a good line Ted says she's good on her feet she wants to know if he's flirting with her he wants to know if that's allowed she said it's encouraged so this part isn't very much sex worky talk. Right. It is. He's trying to get a sense of what's okay. What are the boundaries? Yeah. yeah. She is a sex worker and she's just like, yeah, we're on a date. Yeah, definitely. You're encouraged to flirt with me. Robin throws a little shade at Ted in front of Mary about, you know, don't let him out of your sight. For a minute. And then gives a really pointed look at Ted. So then Ted starts to go to work on Sandy. Sandy, (laughs) what do you do? do do? Oh, you're that guy that reads the paper in the morning. And this is purely just a setup so he can insult Sandy. Yeah, it's you got me. And you? And Ted says, oh, same, same thing you do. I read the paper in the morning. But then I go to my real job as an architect and contribute to the world. Just kidding. <laughs> I love your show. Never change. You're Sandy terrific. Rivers. <laughs> Sandy Rivers, thanks. I never tire of hearing that. So you're right. Completely unself-aware. <laughs> I think it's like this weird, like, smug look on his face. Like, ah, another adoring fan. <laughs> And then Mary has a line. I'm going to miss a couple lines just because I kind of skipped some of the quick back and forths that weren't very significant to the show. But cut in if there's anything you think that I missed that needs to be mentioned. Okay. Mary whispers to Ted that Sandy's hair reminds her of when they put the helmet on Darth Vader in Star Wars. You wouldn't obviously know what that looks like, that scene. but I do not, but I can imagine it. I know what Darth Vader looks like. It's actually in the, not the first three movies that were made in the 70s, but, and in the 80s, but actually in the next series of the movies that were prequels, where one of the characters becomes Darth Vader and they're lowering the helmet on his head. Hmm. So it's a more more current reference. Now, of course, the show took place before the last three 
Star Wars were in existence, but I'm betting that Ted was pretty happy with these last three. Are there only three new ones? Yeah, and that's it. Well, I mean, there's there were some there were some bottle movies about some of the characters. Oh, okay, maybe that's what I'm some one offs like Solo and. Uh, there was Rogue One, where they tell the story of how they stole the plans. That would have ex- that would have been what happened before the very first ones. Okay. Long story. I yeah. won't go through that. Love Star Wars. Um, but I, I like Ted's response. You just insulted someone I hate by referencing something I love. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just what we're all looking for? And Robin's starting to look a little irritated. Yeah. Yeah, she can sense that they, they're really getting along, and that does not make her happy. We get Robin and Ted at the bar at the award show, and he's coming over to try and apologize to her, but she just kind of cuts him down. She won't forgive him. No, no, and she, you know, cuts him again, you know. Oh, have you kissed her yet, or are you waiting until you're in a serious relationship with someone else first? Obviously, she was very hurt by what happened, and she's reacting this way. I, I still think it's completely overblown. Yeah, she's definitely... I mean, if it's been three weeks, I think... And especially, too, because she says, well, we're still friends, like, but you're really not, the way you're acting. Which he points out. Which, you know, yes, you could be mad at him, but if you think you're still going to be friends, you do have to forgive him at some point. And if you're not returning the calls, which presumably he's calling to apologize and to work it out, and even if it's not to work it out to be together, to work it out to be friends. So, yeah, she's... Which I'm sure he's probably left in the messages, like, let's at least remain friends. I know I hurt you, and you can't get over that and, you know, start back where we left off before you found out that Victoria was still in my life. But at the very least, we could still be in each other's lives. Yeah, but I mean... And she needs time. Yeah, Robin's entitled to her feelings. But but she did not need to bring Sandy... I think that was a a bridge too far. I mean, I think it would have made sense for her to, like, send him a text and be like, hey, I think it's better if you don't come to this. Unless, yeah, I mean, unless her whole purpose was to, like, make him jealous. You're right, she should have done that. But then we would have... We obviously wouldn't have had this hilarious episode. I know, and that would have made me so sad. I, like... He refers to Sandy as Edward R. Moron, and she refers to Mary as paralegally blonde. His is obviously more cutting. I don't get the reference. Edward R. Murray. I don't know who that is. Remember the George Clooney movie, Good Night and Good Luck? Yes. So Edward R. Murray was the main character in the movie. Am I saying his name right? I don't know. I don't know who this person is. Edward R. Murrow. So that sounds familiar, but I can't imagine he, he who was, that is. He was brave in the, I guess it was the early 60s, when uh, McCarthy was trying to expose all the communism. Was that in the 60s? I thought that was the 50s. Uh, maybe it was the 50s. I don't know my date. It's clearly perfect. not a history podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, you know, he, he sort of bucked the government system by... Constantly reporting on what was going on with these witch hunts, these witch hunt trials. So he was a reporter. Yes, he was a reporter and uh, really made a name for himself. They have awards after him now for exposing oh, sort of the how, how the Congress had gone too far in their witch hunts for communism and communists hmm. and black and extolling blacklists on Hollywood right. and. Things of those nature, making, you know, making people name names. Right. Okay. 
He named names. <laughs> Remember that, Seinfeld? I do. <laughs> um, and I was looking um, at our statistics the other day, and we actually, for a while, we had a lot of really young male listeners, and then it kind of flipped, and now we have a lot of really young female listeners. So, in case any of you haven't seen Legally Blonde yet, check that out. It's a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, Robin accuses him, or they both kind of accuse each other of bringing the other person to make the the other one jealous. And I like, Ted goes, she she goes, oh, like, you didn't bring Mary to make me jealous. And Ted goes, oh, what? So now she's a whore? (laughs) Right. Yeah, so Ted ends up stomping off. You know, he came here to support her as a friend, and he's sick of trying to do that. And then, like, as he leaves, Sandy walks up, and I just like him again so completely unaware. I like that guy. (laughs) Ted and Mary are talking back at the table, and she says she's impressed with the hotel that this event is in. It's the nicest hotel she's ever been in. (laughs) And he said his friend designed the place. She should see the rooms are really incredible. And Mary said, maybe it's too bad we don't have one. <laughs> Just Barney slipping right in. Slides a key over. Here's a key. And he just couldn't have predicted this. This, is, this all worked out far too well for him. When does I, Ted close the deal the night of? I mean, maybe he wasn't anticipating that Ted would, but then... Maybe it's going to slip it to him anyways. Right. Like, maybe as, like, a last ditch. Like, oh, guys, check out the view. I don't know. Barney's always got some sort of scheme, so even if it wasn't apparent that it wasn't as explicit as like, oh, we should have a room. Barney could still try to work it out. True. There was, yeah, this, in this occasion, it was very obvious he did it in front of Mary. Right. Him and Barney and Ted start to argue over, over whether he should go through with going to a room with Mary. We get some more false statistics from Barney that get disrupted by Marshall. <laughs> and just Marshall's always there <laughs> this whole episode. Coming with the lawyer. <laughs> and I just like Barney's face every single time. Like, he's so frustrated. Like, God damn it. Marshall comes in, interrupts them, and says, you know, three things, Ted. One, Robin's category's coming up. Two, sleeping with Mary would be wrong. And three, he's been sticking small items in Sandy River's hair. <laughs> We go to the actual award. Robin wins, and... I still want to know what the category was. I was wondering if they were going to mention it, but they don't. Mm. What do you think it could have been? <sighs> so we get a yeah, pregnant can't be like woman a th- on... Right. It can't be pet-related. Right. It can't be like feel-good story or, you know, heartwarming story. I don't think we're going to crack this one. I don't think we are. (laughs) Especially because I can't remember the first one. (laughs) That might have helped give some more context. I think it's predictable here as she starts to speak that she's going to do something to exclude Ted. Right. Especially when she mentions friends, which she does. So Robin's giving her speech and kind of focuses it on friends. I like how she mentioned Sandy Rivers and he sort of half stands up to be recognized. (laughs) Yep. And so she mentions everybody but Ted. And she emphasizes it with, and that's it. And that's at the everyone. end. Yep. Everyone on the table looks pretty uncomfortable, especially Mary. I guess she kind of senses what's going on here. Right. So Robin gets back to the table and asks Sandy if you know, he's ready to get a cab. Ted then suggests him and Mary should just go ahead and go up to the room, which is really weird in front of everybody. Yeah. Mary's kind of thirsty. 
<laughs> Wouldn't you say? I mean, I guess it's under the pretext of, yeah, we should see the rooms. My friend designed the hotel. Oh, please. He might as well have said that he has a teacup pig up there. <laughs> I mean, what she cares? She doesn't know these people. I mean, I guess she knows Barney, but. Then we get a lot of telepathic back and forth. <laughs> yeah, so we have Marshall and Ted back and forth about, you know, Marshall again saying, you know, you shouldn't do this. And then there's like a Lily jumps in, but I think Lily was just being telepathic with Marshall. I don't think she was part of. I can't remember what she jumped in with. I don't remember either. And Sandy Rivers walks away and there's a lot of items in his hair. (laughs) I saw like a little drink umbrella. Oh, I didn't really try and pause it to see what (laughs) the items were. All right, we're on the elevator. Ted wants to know if Mary and Barney ever, and she said, not enough money in this world. So now we get her sort of leaning in without knowing it to being a sex worker. Right. (laughs) We go back to the table, and Robin comes back. She had sent Sandy Rivers away. I like how Marshall is telepathically telling Lily that Mary's a prostitute while she's sleeping and leaning her head on him, but she hears it. (laughs) Because usually there's eye contact in these telepathic situations, but this time it wasn't necessary somehow. Yeah, and that (laughs) revelation wakes her wide up. She, yeah, she she yells it out, so Robin now is in the know, and Lily tells Barney, Barney, this is a new low. Oh, well, Marshall blames it on Barney, rightfully. Right. Lily tells Barney, this is a new low. Well, not for you. I guess for you this is (laughs) a new middle. And Barney kind of smiles when she says that. He's pretty pretty proud of this. Oh, yeah. Barney is definitely proud of this you know, little gambit that he put together. Lily and realizes that she's used her lipstick right. and is now using a napkin to, her napkin to wipe it off, as she's informed by Marshall. And then we get a great moment in the <laughs> night. Yeah. Barney calls over Vampire Lou for the big twist ending. And now, did you notice what Vampire Lou was carrying? A Bloody Mary? <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice it, but it was in, like, uh, the... Episode trivia. Uh, I noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a nice touch. And Barney goes for the big twist ending. Vampire Lou, and Vampire Lou reads it. Mary's not really a prostitute. <laughs> and here's the the kicker: she has no idea that Ted thinks she's a hooker. <laughs> and he's just cracking himself up. He's like, "Come on, guys! If you don't laugh, it just seems mean." Right. We get back to and Ted. They're and all Mary. just in stunned silence <laughs> of what Barney has done. Yeah, there's really no. Return comment. Ted and Mary, we're back to them upstairs. They're in the hallway. They're they're talking a little... Oh, no, we're not there yet. Hold on. Okay. They're talking about dates. Yeah, well, first Ted says he kind of feels like Richard Gere, because this is a pretty pretty woman reference, but she doesn't get it, because she doesn't know he thinks she's a hooker. So she says, wow, you're pretty happy with your looks. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ted said he's never been on a date, in in quotations. Mary thinks he's joking. Like, wait, no, you're serious? She's been going on dates since she was 15. <laughs> Again, Ted. It's like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> you're just a kid. And then she makes a comment how uh, she's had a rough day. Her clients have been riding her all day long. Just so much innuendo. <laughs> this one guy wouldn't leave her alone. I mean, talk about anal. <laughs> and then Ted's face after she says that is like, his mouth is like dropped open. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure what the um, sex worker protocol is, but do you want to be talking about your previous 
activities while about to engage in activity with somebody else? I think if you hire a sex worker, you're hoping you're her first customer of the day. Yeah. Safe. Safe assumption. Ted says, look, I like you a lot, but I can't do it. You're a hooker. <laughs> and and there's, there's a good, I mean, there must be five back and forths of, no, I'm a paralegal. And then he just gets this really, like, smug, I know what I'm talking about, look on his face. No, you're a hooker. No, I'm a paralegal. <laughs> and then it dawns on him. Oh, you're a paralegal. <laughs> and then we just cut right to Barney Laughing cracking at the bar. Up. Emma Clarence. <laughs> and <laughs> Ted's trying to, like, call him out. He's like, I know, I know, it was hilarious. <laughs> and so he's, oh, I don't, I didn't have it written down exactly, but he says, yeah, that I did it to did, prove a point, right, and then and he the has to really is, think about what the point is for a minute, right. and then he gets there. Because he didn't do it to prove a point. He did it to <laughs> mess <laughs> with it would Ted. Be funny. <laughs> yeah, and he says, you know, the point is that it was a whole talk about confidence. and Right. You he, thought it was a Ted's sure that's right. Does that mean I should treat every woman like a whore? And Barney encourages this. He said, but she slapped me and stormed off. He goes, <laughs> Barney goes, can you blame her? You called her a hooker. <laughs> that was funny. And then we get sort of, I, I think the, probably one of the less funny things of the night is Ted's, you know, hotel room charges revenge. Mm, I, I feel like mind. it's a little tropey. Maybe, but Barney deserves it, so I'm on board. Okay, and that was the episode. Yep, so let me see. Favorite joke. Favorite joke has got to be the introduction of Lawyered. My favorite is, I said, good day, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, I have, yeah, the lawyer, the good day, sir, the telepathic conversations are all introduced here. Barney's giving out random statistics, which I think we've seen before, but there was no 83%. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Yep. Um, Least favorite. Least favorite? Probably just Lily's whole... You know, they took my nap away. Okay. I didn't love that. Yeah, there wasn't... It, it, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, a weak storyline, but she didn't have much to do this episode. No. Uh, I think my least favorite was all of Robin's burns on Ted. I think they were... I think I'm sort of looking at it from a character perspective of they were unnecessary. She's already brought Sandy Rivers to rub in his face. She already hasn't returned his call for three weeks. I don't know. Nah, and, I'm on board with her being petty. Yeah, but I, I don't. They weren't that funny. The, actually, the first one wasn't bad. The second one, or did you kiss her? Or are you going to wait till you mm-hmm. are dating someone else to do it or something? I, I didn't think that one was very good. I just, as a character, I, I didn't think it was her best look. Fair enough. So I did a little digging into Mary the Paralegal, and I unfortunately didn't do enough digging to write her and name she's really down. A hooker. She's not, but she is actually married to Oliver Hudson, which I thought was a fun fact. Oh wow! There was a they really have really good looking kids. <laughs> there was a really good look uh, good looking. There's a really good podcast. Uh, yeah, I, you, I don't think you've listened to very many of them, but. Dax Shepard's podcast. He actually. I think we should start a drinking game where you have to drink every time you mention Dax Shepard's podcast. <laughs> he had a episode where he interviews Kate and Oliver Hudson together. Oh. And it's kind of a fun interview because he dated Kate Hudson for like six months, three to six months. Oh really? Like ten years ago. That's. Funny. And they had some fun inside stories of their relationship, but. 
Oliver had a lot of comments. It was kind of egging them on, and they mentioned his wife a lot. So I guess that's who that was. Mm-hmm. That's why I reason why I mentioned that. But so last week we mentioned the top recurring guest stars. Yes. As stated by some crappy website. Yeah, I was going to post it on our Twitter, and then I actually read the article, and it was just very poorly written, and it was beneath our brand. So I told Steve he has to write his own. Which I did. And I will do them in descending, or we've been over this before, I can't remember if it's... I'm going to start at 10 and work my way down to 1. <laughs> I think that's ascending. Okay. It just gets confusing because if I'm starting at 10, it sounds like it's descending. But because we're getting from worst to best, it should be ascending. At any rate, number 10, Judy and, Mar- Judy and Marvin Erickson. Wait, did uh, we specify what this oh, it's, list was? Uh, yeah, we said the recurring guest stars. Okay, I just didn't remember. So these are the best characters that have come on more than once, essentially. They don't have to have come on as much as Ranjit or anything, but uh, just ones that have showed up at least twice and... Preferably not back-to-back, because that's sort of, I don't, not cheating, but it seems, it seems almost like it's not recurring. Right, that's more like guest star as opposed to recurring. Or having a little arc. Right. But number 10 is Judy and Marvin Erickson. I kind of combine them into one because usually they're together. Okay. But you get so many laughs out of their characters, and there's a lot of good stuff. Um, I hate to say it, but after his father's death. Right. With, when Marshall's back yeah, home. Yeah, when Marshall's back home and dealing with Judy. Um, also when Marshall's trying to fill a cup in the bathroom <laughs> uh, for a fertility test. And his mom and dad are outside the room. And his dad's yelling, Cox, 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 about some sort of sports team. <laughs> and his mom's talking about how she just bought a two-piece. Can you imagine that, Marshall? Me in a tooth two-piece? <laughs> just picture it. Picture it. <laughs> So th- there's a lot of good moments with those two. Uh, number nine, Punchy. Punchy. Played by Chris Romano, who's actually one of the producers of the show. Oh, really? But there's a lot of great <laughs> moments with Punchy, like his exuberance around Times Time Square. Square. <laughs> Times Square is the bomb! <laughs> and his injured baby bird. Oh, gross. <laughs> and how his new fiancé loves the injured baby bird routine. <laughs> Wasn't that how he picked her up? <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> she was like, you should cheer him up. Did you try the baby bro? <laughs> Punchy's the best. I love Punchy. Adam Puncherello. Um, and then there's Randy, Will Forte's character. Okay. Who becomes wing, uh, Barney's temporary wingman. <laughs> he produces his warm piss beer. That's not Will Forte. Yeah, it is. He gets nosebleeds every time he gets an erection. Is that Will Forte? Why do I think Will Forte was like the bigger guy that plays the bartender? That's Will Sasso. Ah, okay. You can cut that part out. No, I would like to know that. I'd like everyone to know that I know more things than you. (laughs) No fair. I don't get to win a lot of these, so (laughs) I'm keeping that one. All right, fine. Uh, but yeah, his <laughs> gets nosebleeds when he gets an erection. The one where the one where Barney's trying to teach him how to talk to women, and like the very first time they go up to the bar and he tries to do the he, "Have you met?" and Randy's hiding under the table. <laughs> and then he 
has his warmest beer company. Yeah, and then when he's trying to separate the woman from her friends to hit on her, <laughs> and then try and tries to like bring her down, you're an ugly whore. <laughs> All right, number seven, Hammond Druthers, played oh, by Brian so Cranston. Good. Yeah, just the pompous, and e- even when he's then been demoted and working for Ted, wearing doing my girlfriend's the- shoes. <laughs> His columns. <laughs> hey, hey, Ted, two guys in ancient robes just came by and unscrolled a... Okay. Number six, Artillery Arthur, played by Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, it's a lot of Breaking Bad universe and How I Met Your Mother world. Mm-hmm. That's true. And Artillery Arthur with his dog, Tugboat. Tugboat! <laughs> I love how they come in on his story. It's like... So I'm hitting him with my the newspaper on the nose, and my wife's like, you can't treat the kids like that. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, number five, Abby, played by Britney Yay, Spears. Abby. She, I haven't seen Britney Spears do a lot of acting. I never saw that Crossroads movie, but she is just pitch perfect she in is. this show. I can't believe she didn't do more after this. She was so good. Yeah, and this is what got me to watch the show. It was, was this character. Um, the little asides that she says to Ted that just, her timing's so good. Like when he has right. the mustache, he's like... Uh, yeah, Tom like but only a hundred times handsomer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four, Scooter, played by David Burke which is obviously uh, Neil Patrick Harris's husband or partner. I'm not sure if they're officially married, but they have a kid. married. They have twins. Kids. Um, I, every single scene that he was included in was great. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, he was, when he was lunch, <laughs> lunch <laughs> lady's <laughs> scooter. <laughs> Even the subtle one where he's the bar. They don't announce him, but he's the bar t- or he's the waiter when Karen and Ted are ordering at the restaurant. Oh, yeah. And it's the same one where he tells Lily he's going to, like when they were younger, that he's going to become a waiter because she likes waiters. <laughs> you like waiters? I'll become a waiter. I'll be the most... Best waiter ever. And then he shows up discreetly as a waiter later in that episode. <laughs> Number three is Brad. Joe Mangan, Mangan in the Yellow. God, I have trouble with that last name. But just the ultimate bro. He's from Pittsburgh. Yay. <laughs> the episode where they do brunch, bro yes. style, <laughs> and go to see Gloria. Was it Gloria Estefan? Elena's more sad. Elena's more sad. Uh, just his... His broisms are the best in the show. <laughs> that brunch was redonks. And BTW, <laughs> you were not wrong about the eggs you Benny. Did not oversell the eggs Benny. And then he comes out shirtless from Frog Lake. We can all appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get Cheryl on the that episode. Uh, who was on that? My friend who was on that episode is one of the jurors. Yes. Maybe she can tell us more about him shirtless. Ooh, I hope so. Number two, Karen. Played by Laura Prepon. Uh, she's the snooty college girlfriend of Ted's. That always cheats on Ted. <laughs> yeah. The scenes were, uh, th- those scenes were just so well written. What's that? A TV. Oh, sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't have, have a TV. <laughs> she just plays that, that pretentious role so great. And it, br- and it also brings out the best in Ted oh, yeah, in absolutely. college, where like everything she says, that's really pr- uh, pretentious. And he's like, totally. With some fresh mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell your sommelier that uh, there is a 
petite ballon or whatever. I can't redo it. <laughs> and the that's when the waiter is scooting. Right, right, right. And then number one it, for me is Simon, played by James Vanderbeek. Simon's good. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think there's been any funnier moments than his scenes for me on How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Did you like that part where I flicked my my guitar pick at you? <laughs> and then the whole Linda, what was it, Linda Marsh? I can't remember. How he keeps dumping her for the same girl. <laughs> Will she get another pool? <laughs> no, but she did get a jacuzzi. <laughs> All right, so that's my top ten. Jen sent me her ten, not in order, but the only differences were she did not have the Judy-Marvin combo or Randy, but she did have James and Loretta. Oh, so okay. she really likes Barney's family. I, yeah, no, James is good because, you know, his presence is unexpected, but it... Gives a little bit of context to Barney's character and, you know, seeing that sibling relationship and Barney really struggling when James, you know, meets his dad. There's just, there's a lot there and, you know, struggling when he gets married. And I love James, but except for the first time he's on it, he's never really funny after that. It's always... The first episode's so good. It is so good, but the the next, like, five times he's on, it's it's touching, but it's never funny. Okay, fine. Or he's not funny. They don't let him be funny in it enough. Mm-hmm. They could have done more with him, I think. Loretta, I think, is actually better than James. Loretta's good because you just don't... <laughs> you didn't anticipate this older lady having the backstory that she has. As a rock star groupie. <laughs> right. I, I think she's... You can even give her a little more... A few more points if you count the back... What, what is it? The... Flashbacks where you don't see her, where it's not actually her, right? But it's uh, Megan Mullaney, Mullaney. Oh, yeah. Why, why, why is he white and I'm black? Because when I was pregnant with you, I had chocolate milk, and when I was pregnant with you, I drank regular milk. But it's no, actually it Megan Mullaney's voice. Well, no, I think it's actually like, can you guess what I drank with you? And he says, white milk, or, you know, regular milk, and she's like, no, coffee. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Some, or some some version of that. I think you're right. Yeah, I didn't have it right. Um, but no, I think she's really good. And again, you know, you get a lot of touching moments too, where you see like how much she, she protected did. Barney. Yeah, how much she did for him and really looked out for him. Which, you know, it's kind of weird how he ended up with such a weird view on women. But yeah, it's such a strong role model. Yep. Well, it was all Shannon's fault. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right. Well, next episode is going to be best prom ever. Awesome. I don't remember that episode very much, so. I remember not being a fan, because it's the one where, you know, Marshall tricks Ted into staying home and helping, like, stuff envelopes. Okay. We can make a game out of it. There's not much to it, and then it's just Barney and the girls trying to sneak into the prom to see the band that Marshall's interested in for their wedding. Okay. Well, I haven't seen it in a while. It'll be newish to me. All right, well... Should I do our pluggables? Yeah, please. All right, everybody. So we are growing, um, watching our statistics, and we're getting a lot more listeners every week, so that's really exciting. But if you could do us a favor and rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it. Um, 
even though we're getting more listeners, somehow we've fallen back. Like when you search How I Met Your Mother, we're not coming up on the first couple of pages. So just to help us grow, I'd really appreciate it if you could throw us a rating and review. Um, You can find us at runklerecaps.com, on Twitter at runklerecaps, on Instagram at underscore how I met your podcast underscore and at runklerecaps at gmail.com. Thanks, Jen. Back to you, Steve. All right. Well, we have to go. I need to take all the stuff that Jen's been putting in my hair out during this broadcast. So (laughs) we'll look forward to covering Best Prom Ever next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care.